Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm pretty good at starting things. I'm good at starting things, but I'm not necessarily always so good at finishing. Now, when other people are relying on me, I'll usually deliver. Uh, for me, that's one thing I value much is responsibility. If I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. But when it's just up to me, and I'm the only one accountable to myself, if I start something, sometimes my finishing on those things is, well, just a little bit slow. <laughs> and slow might be a, a nice word for myself. I'm about to be very open and transparent with you and show you some things that happen behind the closed doors of my life and my home, okay? So I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Just go easy on me, all right? Don't, don't be too hard on me. I hope we can all relate to these things because I'm going to show you some examples from my own life of what we might just say is my own unfinished business, unfinished projects. So first of all, there's this playhouse that's in my backyard that I started building for my kids. Now, I'm actually uh, quite surprised with my building skills thus far, and I might just stop because uh, so far, so good. And, and I can actually blame my halt on this due to the weather. I'm a fair weather construction kind of guy, and so we put a halt to this uh, build until spring. So we'll just see how I'm feeling when spring rolls around, if I feel like completing this project or not. Now, second of all, there's this uh, wall in my basement uh, where I needed to cut out some drywall and repatch it. Now, those of you who know how to do construction, please don't be critical of my drywall patching. All right, I know it's not very good, and uh, that's why I haven't finished it. I, I can't stand to look at it. Uh, this project is going on, let's just say, maybe about three years. All right, so, you know, it's, you can't see it very well. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a big idea type guy, and so every time I get a big idea, I try to write it down so I don't forget. The other day I was looking through documents on my computer, and I found one titled Vision. So I opened it up thinking, well, I wonder what vision I was having that I wanted to write down. This was what I found. Vision. I, I don't know, maybe it was July and I was dreaming of uh, skiing in, in the winter. I don't know, maybe that was my vision. So I think I need to work on that some more. All right, uh, and then uh, just, just uh, on Friday night, hold off on this for a second, hold off on this one. This on Friday night, um, I didn't know this was possible, but I totally snapped the, the, the faucet off my kitchen sink when I was getting my coffee ready for the morning and, and water went spraying all over the kitchen. Um, but uh, as, as, as water was spraying, seriously, spraying me in the chest and it was dark, I was thinking, oh no, this is kind of an emergency. I was prepared to go to the hardware store on Saturday morning, go get a new faucet and put it in. But then I realized if you just turn it on just a little bit, it still works. I mean, take a look at this. What's, I mean, what's wrong, with, what's wrong with that? Just don't accidentally turn it on too much and, and it works. So, until, you know, other people in my house start complaining, I think, I think we're good to go. So, you know, every once in a while we get these things, these unfinished projects, unfinished business in our lives, and now that I've bared my heart to you, please tell me I'm not the only one, all right? So I think, I think, I think at some varying degree in all of our lives, we probably have some unfinished business, 
unfinished business. I'm, I'm good at starting things, not necessarily always good at finishing them. I get distracted. I get bored. Life continues to throw new projects, new ideas my way, and often I pursue those things. And I would say, in many ways, you probably are similar to me. This Advent, we've been asking the question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? We'll put this slide up. We've been asking the question, who is Jesus? And Matthew's genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 has served as a guide for us, a structure in getting to know Jesus based on his heritage. So in the last two weeks, just in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, we have learned that Jesus is the son of David and Jesus is the son of Abraham. Jesus is our king and Jesus is the son of sacrifice. Well, this week, today, we're continuing on into verses 5 and 6 by looking at these words, this part of Jesus' heritage. It says, Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. So we could look at any one of these things, but we're focusing on, on today that Jesus is the son of Solomon. Jesus is the son of Solomon. What does that mean? Well, Solomon's dad was David, and David was the king. So when David died, Solomon became king. And when Solomon became king, he took off with a bang. He started really strong. As soon as Solomon became king, he eliminated all of those who were threatening to take his throne away from him. And then with power in his hands, he used his God-given gifts in mighty ways. He wrote over 3,000 proverbs and over 1,000 songs. And, and all of these are recorded for us in the scriptures. And so in his books that are recorded for us in the scriptures, we see that Solomon had a deep faith in his God, but he also had a, had a, a deep understanding and knowledge of the physical and natural world as he described uh, trees and, and plant life all throughout the scriptures. Solomon, in, in his power, controlled two of the international trading routes. And because of his political power and his political tact, he was able to complete the Jerusalem temple that God had promised to his father David. That He said to David, David, your son will build for me a house. And Solomon followed through on that covenant promise that God had made to his father David. So if there ever was a surefire candidate for the ministry of God, it was this man, Solomon. He started so strong. Actually, if you read in the book of 1 Kings, the first 10 chapters describe Solomon's life, and boy, is he awesome. He's absolutely fantastic in the first 10 chapters. But then we get to 1 Kings chapter 11, and we have these words. And I read them for you. But here is one verse, 1 Kings 11, verse 3. Solomon had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Solomon, not a good idea. <laughs> on, on a multitude of fronts, Solomon, and I'm sure in hindsight he would say this as well, but on a multitude of fronts, not a good idea. Not a good idea. And it says right here in 1 Kings 11, verse 3, his wives turned away his heart. 
It's true. It's true. From the very beginning, when God brought his people into the promised land, one thing that he was very clear with them on was, be faithful to me. Don't worship other gods. Be faithful to me. Well, what happened to Solomon is he married all these women from various nations, and maybe he did it to gain political power, but he did it nonetheless, and because of them, they turned his heart away from faith in God. And he built temples for these gods. He worshipped these gods, multiple gods from multiple religions of various countries that his wives came from. And that was it for Solomon. This is what drove him to his end. From this point on, his glory fades. From this point on, he loses his kingdom. In the next chapter, 1 Kings chapter 12, the nation of Israel is divided in two things start to unravel, all because this man's fading focus on simply being faithful to his God. It's easy to begin. It's tougher than nails to finish. Like Solomon, we're great at beginning. We begin with great enthusiasm and high energy and a never-quit attitude. We tear into new projects, new classes, new relationships. But over time, over time, we get weary, fatigued, impatient, frankly, even bored sometimes. Fast forward into the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 42. Jesus is speaking, and Jesus says these words, Behold, something greater than Solomon is here. These are Jesus' words. So what's Jesus talking about? He's talking about himself. He's saying, all right, you know who Solomon was, you know about his wisdom, his power, but something greater than Solomon is here. Do you know what's greater than Solomon? Me, the son of Solomon. Jesus is the son of Solomon, but Jesus is greater than Solomon. How so? Because Jesus not only began strong, but he finished strong. And for Jesus to finish strong, it was tougher than nails. Because in addition to the nails, Jesus suffered mockery, beatings, whipping, and a crown of thorns placed upon his head. And yet Jesus still finished Hanging there on the cross on that final day, on Good Friday, Jesus took a deep breath and he spoke, It is finished. Was that a cry of defeat? By no means, not at all, was that a cry of defeat. That was a cry of victory. A cry of victory. I am so grateful that my salvation has nothing to do with my ability to complete things. If God had a task list for me, I would be doomed. I know my inconsistencies and I'm familiar with my failures. I know that I'm guilty of chasing after things and oftentimes even the wrong things. But I am grateful that we have a God who calls and gathers together sinners like you and me, weak and broken people. So this is how we gather today, as sinful, broken, failing people who are running this course of life together. We are running together the race that has been marked out for us. And for some of us, we are starting strong. 
For some of us, we are at places in life where we're starting strong, where things are going well. For those of you who just graduated yesterday, maybe it feels like you've completed something, like you finished something, and you're on a great start. You've got a job lined up, and you're excited about life. For some others of us, we're not sure which way we're running. Maybe we're running in too many different directions. We're distracted, we're bombarded with things and ideas and projects and schedules, and we're frankly getting burned out by it all. And some of us, frankly, we're feeling like we are finished. It's easy to feel like you're finished when life has hit the fan enough times, when hope has been dropped on the ground and stomped upon time after time, when it seems like you just can't catch a break. It's easy to throw your hands in the air and say, Lord, I'm finished. And at those moments in life, Jesus speaks once again to you from the cross, and he says, no, 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 you are not finished. It is finished. It is. It is your pain, your suffering, your unending brokenness that seems to be weighing so heavily upon you. It is finished. Your pain, your heartache, your suffering, it is finished. It will not have the last say over you. I will, Jesus says. And Jesus says, what I say to you is, Arise, shine, for your light has come upon you. All those other things that seem to get in the way, they're finished. They're finished. This is why we gather in God's house, as God's people. This is why we're here, to be in the presence of our God, our Emmanuel, who is with us, always, Today we're welcomed into the Father's loving embrace. Today we are welcomed into the light of his love. Today we hear once again that we can receive all of this because Jesus finished for us. Jesus finished for us. And in Jesus we can too finish strong. We can finish strong. We really can. In Jesus we can finish strong. And finishing strong in Jesus does not always mean finishing first. Finishing strong in Jesus does not always mean finishing your task list. Finishing strong in Jesus does not mean that you will finish without undergoing blood, sweat, and tears. But finishing strong in Jesus means daily, daily, by the power of the Spirit, fixing your eyes on the world's only one true light, which is Jesus the son of Solomon, who is greater than Solomon. And in Jesus, in Jesus, this is what is promised to you. We have Paul's words for us in Philippians chapter 1. We close with these words. He who began a good work in you. Let that sink in. Just hear that again. He, God, who began a good work in you, he'll finish it. He'll bring it to completion. On the day of Jesus Christ, we look forward to that day. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, in his name. Amen. Amen. If you are able...